Hey guys, Ryan DeMent from Chasing Happiness Podcast. I hope you guys are having a great day. Today on the podcast, we have Matt Aponte. And Matt is a professional mind coach and NLP practitioner, but he's got a really cool website. And we'll go into that here very shortly. Matt, welcome to the show. Ryan, it's a pleasure to be on the show. Thank you for having me. It's been a little while in the making here, so I'm glad we could finally make it happen. Yeah, sorry about the wait. Just it's gotten a little busy, so I can't complain. Yeah. It's, it's fun. It's totally fun. And I never thought podcasting would be this much fun, but here we are. Before we get into everything, before we get into your journey, tell listeners a little bit about who you are. Like you said, I'm a professional mind coach, certified NLP practitioner, also a clinical hypnotherapist, also certified sound therapist under that. And all of those things roll together in, in a lot of the, in the things and the modalities that I do in my coaching and in business and life. But really at the nutshell, I'm just a guy that, um, just likes to learn more of how to maximize myself mentally, physically, emotionally, spiritually, so that way I can get the most out of myself. And if I'm able to tap the most out of myself in all those areas, then I can better learn and understand how to do that for my friends, family, and ultimately my clients. So what got you into this space? What drove you and what started? All this. I've always been, I say always, I guess my personal development journey started around 2008, 2009, probably when a lot of other people's happened too. whenever the big crash happened and I lost everything. I always like to say that my, my life was like a country music song. I lost my house, my cars, my dog and my wife. We went through a divorce and I was literally rock bottom. I didn't have a job. I was doing hundred percent commission job, barely making anything. And, um, in one of these commission jobs, I made a friend of the guy who was the best salesman there. And I'll never forget him. His name was Daniel. And one day he took me aside and he's, he's like, Matt, I want you to read this book. And he's, this book changed my life. And he's like, made me the best salesperson I am today. And I'm like, okay. And admittedly, then I wasn't a big book reader. I was just like, eh, I'd rather watch a movie or listen or whatever. But I'm like, okay, I trusted this guy and he was successful. And the book he handed me was Think and Grow Rich. And, and so that was the book that really began to crack my awareness open to make me more perceptive as to my own powers and abilities and that I can take more control of my life. And it's not just me just trying to make the best of what I got or what was given to me. And so that's when my personal development journey really started. And along that journey. I learned so much in that book, Think and Grow Rich. And prior to that, I was a big fan of Tony Robbins. And so I read the book almost three quarters of the way through. I didn't even read it all the way through. And I started putting, putting into practice all of those things. And that really got me jump-started. And I started my, my really first full-time business, as I'll call it. I've been a serial entrepreneur since I was 16. But my first full-time business in 2009, I said, I'm going to stick to this. And I'm going to make this happen. And... Along the way, there were different developments and evolutions in the business, but it was always the same business. And so I was experiencing success, a mild success. I was definitely far better off than where I was back in that time. But fast forward nine and a half years later, almost. Yeah, no. What, yeah, it was 2018. It was June 6, 2018. I'll never forget it. Um, I was pulling up to the this office that I rent, was renting out and I looked down at the date and it was 2018, June 2006. And it was really crazy because financially, I was um, not as bad as I was then, but I definitely wasn't hitting the goals and where I thought I would be 
almost 10 years later. And my second marriage, which is still my current marriage, thank goodness, but that marriage at the time was a mess. It was on the brinks of another divorce and I didn't have a whole lot of money in the bank and savings. And I realized that I was coming up, I was very close to my 10 year anniversary of starting this business. The same business I started all along ago, whenever I said, I'm gonna stick to this and make it happen. And one of the big things that I wrote down was a $10 million note. I took a dollar and put ones and extra zeros on it. And I put that on my mirror. And my goal was 10 years from now, I'm going to have $10 million or at minimum a million dollar business. And so that was the goal. And whenever I sat there and I was in my broken down Dodge Caliber, I was behind two months on the car payment. And I'm realizing that I'm, I'm 10 years down the road and I'm really not a whole lot better. You could say that I was better off in a lot of areas, but I really wasn't at least anywhere near the goal that I was making. I was probably bringing in around $38,000, $40,000 a year. And my goal was to have at least a million dollar business. Whenever that realization hit me, I literally had a nervous breakdown, an emotional breakdown, and I just lost it there in the car, probably for 30 minutes, crying, weeping, like literally screaming, punching the steering wheel. And I kept asking, why me? Why me? This sucks. Why is this happening to me? I'm so smart. I'm so good at the things that I do and, I've, and all this other stuff. And whenever I like shut up for a second, I had this little whisper in the back of my head and it said, you are the reason you are not where you want to be. And I, that, I'll never forget that. It was like this light bulb that went off in my mind because I was blaming everybody. I was blaming my wife for telling me to get a real job and not supporting me in my entrepreneurial journey. I was blaming my clients for not wanting to pay me what I was worth. I was blaming the colleagues and the people and the partnerships that I made that weren't following through, people weren't doing. I was blaming everybody else in my life except myself. I wasn't taking responsibility for myself. And whenever that little voice came to my head, says, you're the reason why you're not where you want to be. You're the reason why you're held back. I felt really empowered because I said, okay, if I'm the reason then I can fix me, right? Nobody else can fix me. I can fix me. And so that really turned me on back into personal development and more on the mental aspect of things. Because whenever I had that realization, I started getting all these rememberings of things that I've read. We are what we think all day long. Our subconscious beliefs are what hold us back. All of these things that I remember reading with Tony Robbins and through Thinking Grow Rich and all this stuff, it finally came back because for years I fell out of those practices and I was just on this hustle train, right? So many of us get on, I just have to make money. I just got to hustle. And I wasn't taking into account the fact that my conscious mind says, yes, I love money. I want money. I know that money is good, but my subconscious mind is what was holding me back. All of those old limiting beliefs that were tied to from the time I was in my mother's womb till about the age of 13, how I was raised, all those beliefs. And I had actually lost my youth and childhood because in 2007, there was like a big divorcing between me and my family and it had everything to do with religion. And I decided I wanted to go on my own way. And so I was shunned and essentially kicked out from everybody that I knew. I had no more friends and more everything. So emotionally, I shut that off. I'm like, I know where I came from, but I'm not going back there. And so what this breakdown allowed me to do was to begin to look at myself and say, hey, 
this is really painful to have to face myself and say, I'm nowhere near the goal that I set nine years ago, eight and a half years ago. And I, I have to do what I need to do. And so I started learning about NLP was the first thing. Actually, hypnosis was the first thing I started learning about. And I started learning about limiting beliefs. And I dug into it with the fierceness of that I'm going to learn everything I can about this and I'm going to fix myself. So the great thing about the story is at this point in time, like I said, my business was generating between thirty-five dollars and $40,000 a year. On the 18 months later, from that date, 18 months later, I got a valuation in my business and it was valued at $1.3 million. Not only that, nice. my marriage was doing great. It still is doing wonderful. I had a lot more successful friends and people in my life. I was doing so much better mentally, physically, also, also physically, lost weight, healthier, spiritually. Every area of my body, mind, spirit came into balance and that was reflected in everything that I did because I stopped blaming everybody and I started looking within. And so that's really what got me going. And whenever I looked back, because again, you, we get in these cycles of constant, okay, I'm obsessed. Okay, I have to figure out how to do this. I have to learn how to reprogram my brain. I have to learn how to overcome these limiting beliefs. And so we get in that cycle and then we go and we hustle and things are doing great and we're excited, but we keep going. But there was that one time whenever I stopped, it was at the end of the year. It was actually at the end of 2019. I, and I looked at my taxes and I'm like, holy hell. Like this, I'm like, this is awesome. And then that forced me to sit down and really reflect on everything. My wife and I, a year and a half earlier, had said we want a divorce. And then now we're back here, have healthy life, learning more about each other. And so I immediately was like, I have to help other people do this. This is powerful. And so I know that was a really long-winded answer, but that's how I got to where I am today and why I'm so passionate about what it is that I do. And what you do is very, first, cool, but also you're teaching people how to change their lives. And that's hard because, like you said, no one else can fix us other than ourselves. And until you take that step forward, it doesn't change. And we have a nonprofit that we started last year, and it's been a struggle just to deal with the IRS to get that, that's a whole nother story. But one of the things we do in that process is we work with people on financial coaching and most of the time they're in pretty bad shape and they need help, but they can't get the help from us until they're ready to actually take step, a step forward towards yeah. what they want to accomplish. And most of the time, unfortunately, is I have to tell people, we'll be here when you're ready. And people get quiet and they're like, what do you mean by that? And my response is, we, can, we can't do the work for you. We can't change your situation, but we can help. We can guide. We could support. We can hold you accountable. But at the end of the day, you're going to have to do the work to get there. And it's like a light bulb goes on for these people. And they're like, okay, I get it. And then they typically go back and they figure out what they're doing. And they'll come back and have a conversation and start that point. But up until that point, they think if they come to us, we have some magic sauce that's going to fix them. And it just doesn't work that way. It all has to start inside. And that's where we all have to start at. And that's great that you speak about it. It's great that you've turned your life around with that and you're sharing that with people. When you were reading the books and you were going through this change, how did you hold yourself accountable? What steps or actions were you taking to get yourself to that other side 
to create that multi-million, excuse me, that million dollar company? What I would do is I would just create habits, positive habits and repetition. So one of the big things that kind of helped me get into the practices that I need to reprogram my subconscious mind, which are the same things I do now every day still, is prior, because now my wife and I live in Colorado in the mountains, but prior we lived on the beach in a couple of blocks off the beach in Jacksonville Beach, Florida. And before I met my wife, every morning I would wake up because I long time ago I started as a photographer and I loved taking pictures of sun, sunrises. So I'd wake up in the morning, I'd go and I'd take a picture of the sunrise. And what I realized is that was like my meditation, my morning meditation, because I would sit there, it was quiet, there was nobody around, and it was just me and the ocean and the sunrise. And I was able to really pay attention to my thoughts. I was able to really prime myself for the morning. And I found really quickly that if I did that every morning, my days were successful. And so one of the biggest ways that I held myself accountable whenever I finally had this breakdown and realization was I kept on all my studies, I kept seeing a lot about meditation. And so I said, I'm going to start this meditation thing, not realizing that I was really doing it all this time, these years earlier. And so I'm like, okay, what is this meditation thing? I need to be doing this or whatever. So I started, I downloaded apps. I was looking, doing some guided meditations on YouTube and whatever. And just like everything I do in life, I like to study it to really understand it because if I can understand it, then I can better evaluate myself and if I'm doing things right or, or whatever. And whenever I started really studying meditation, I was like, oh, okay. It's just essentially just being in a space, like not being distracted with your surroundings, not being on your phone or on your computer. It's all about keeping yourself centered focusing on yourself and allowing your mind, just observing your thoughts. Don't be critical of them, just observe them. And so I started that practice and every morning I would start meditation and I would use music. I've always never really preferred guided meditations. I would do self-guided meditations. And so by me doing that, I knew that was because whenever I understood what meditation was, it was that we're lowering the, we're decreasing the brain waves, the dominant brain wave frequencies in our brain from the 30 to 40 alpha, or sorry, the beta area down to an alpha, a low alpha, or a high theta. And the reason why that's important is because that's when we become suggestible. That's when we allow ourselves to really learn. If we want to reprogram our subconscious or our old unconscious beliefs, we have to first get ourselves in that suggestible state or else we're constantly analyzing, refuting and blocking things that come in that don't match with our unconscious beliefs. So whenever I realized that that's what was going on, every morning I would sit in a meditative state and I would read my affirmations or after a while I got tired of reading them and I would just record them in my phone and I'd put on my headphones and I'd listen to them. And so for me, if I missed a morning, it was the pain that kept, kept me accountable. And you know, what I tell a lot of people is that pleasure will only take you so far, but pain will take you all the way. Because we're, as human beings, we're only motivated by two factors, pleasure and pain. So I like to use the example of right now I'm sitting in my office chair and I could be thinking about a cookie or a treat or whatever it is that I really love downstairs in the kitchen, 
and I'm hungry and I'm thinking of that. Oh man, I'd love to eat that. But you know what? I'm busy right now and I want to finish this. But if my chair burst into flames, I would be up and getting downstairs immediately. <laughs> yeah. So pain will move us much more powerfully and much more longer than pleasure does. But I always tell people we got to have both. We got to have that pleasure that keeps us motivated because positive motivation is healthier than negative motivation. So we have to goal setting. These are all ways to keep ourselves accountable is setting up. Even now I have two vision boards in my office, setting up vision boards, keeping your goals up in front of you all the time, remembering why you're doing what you're doing. But people say your big why will keep you accountable. That big why, I like to help people identify that pain. People like to say, you know what, I wanna be rich and I wanna be able to take my family, pay for, for all the things my family, my wife and everything have. And I say, yeah, but how would it feel like if you were the man and you couldn't? How would it feel like then? Let's think about that for a moment. And that pain really is the motivator. And so for accountability, it's really just, am I doing it? At the end of the day, which is also very powerful, I sit there before I go fall asleep and I think about and I review my day. What did I do today? Did I do, was it a successful day? Did I mess up today? Were, was I able to keep these things as a routine? And for me, it's a little easier than for me than some people because holding myself account accountable I'm really tough on myself and some people tend to be a little more lenient on them. But I would say for those who are looking for something to help them is if you have a spouse or a friend that would keep you accountable, someone that will give you the tough love that you need, that would be great. Everybody needs somebody like that in their lives. Or if you just use technology. One of the things I use all the time is because I used to suffer from AD and I would start doing a lot of things and I had a problem completing one thing a day was I would just use my calendar. And I would take some time and I sat there on my calendar. And even now you can look at my calendar from eight to 9.30 every morning, usually is meditation and exercise. And so that alarm goes off and it reminds me every morning, even though it's a habit now for me every morning, that reminds me every morning, it keeps me accountable and it keeps popping up. So there's a lot of things that everybody can use to keep them accountable. There's a lot of great apps for accountability. But for me personally, what keeps me is that pain. I do, what I do, what do I not want to fall back into? And what is it that I'm constantly working towards every day? I hope that answered your question. It did. So can we talk about the pain? So focusing on the pain, is that I'm trying to put myself, cause I, I have a vision board and I've got a whiteboard and it's on the other side of the camera. And I always look up and I always see my goals. The pain for me is I think if I go too far with pain, it becomes negative. So I, I learn from my mistakes, but those things in the past, I'm a two-time failure at entrepreneurship, period, end of story. I failed $100,000 in debt in, in lots of problems. But the things that I learned in the failures that shaped who I was during that time has now changed me into the person that I am today. I use that pain as I don't want to go back there and make those same decisions. But at the same time, when I'm making a decision, I always think about, okay, are there any nuances in there that I've experienced already so I can put them into the decision process to see if I'm going to do, if I'm going to make a mistake or not. And if I do make the mistake, I try to learn from it, but it's, I'm not afraid. I guess what I'm trying to get at is I don't want to take the pain so far to where I live the past. How do you mm -hmm. balance that out? How do you take that pain as a motivator? but not go too far in the past and get stuck there. It takes practice. I will tell you that. 
you because you do not want to be stuck in the past like you said there is a danger for some people who enjoy self-defecating on themselves who are like oh i'm just a i'm just an f up i'll never do this i always screw up and then that makes the decisions that they make in this life so much harder because then they get analysis paralysis or they mm -hmm. fear of making the wrong decision so you have to really develop that awareness of yourself and i have this this 4 month training program it's called the I Am Limitless Transformation Program that I take people through. And in month one and level one, part one, level one, the very first thing we learn about is awareness. If we aren't aware, critically aware, what's actually called meta-awareness, if we're not critically aware of everything that we're thinking and we're doing and how we're reacting, then we're not really going to be able to help ourselves because will be so far down a rabbit hole, either in too much pleasure, maybe for those who might have overdo it with substances or gambling or fun, or will be too much pain. The first thing is developing that awareness, being aware of, oh, okay, I'm reacting this way, or oh, wait, I'm spending too much time in that pain. I need to jump into the pleasure. So that's number one. And the way that I use pain is that I don't think about pain every day. Although one of the one of the laws of the samurai code is living every day, remembering that you will die. And it's not this negative annotation of, oh, I'm going to die or I could die today. It's that remembrance of that tomorrow is not promised. Heck, this evening, tonight is not promised. And having a healthy reminder of that, keeping that in your mind. So that way, when you catch yourself faulting a little bit or slacking, and the number one thing that everybody struggles with is procrastination. When you check your, when you find yourself, again, that awareness, you have to be aware that you're procrastinating. When you find yourself procrastinating, most of the time, and everybody's different, some people like the carrot a lot more than they like the stick. So when you have, that's why I said in the beginning, it's really important that you have that really, that big goal, that thing, that pleasure, right? That makes you really excited and motivated. And when you catch yourself through your meta-awareness faltering, then you have that stick. You look at the vision boards. That's why you need them everywhere. You need them on your phone. You need to constantly be reminded. Or for those who are more motivated and can be healthily motivated by pain, you also remember that pain. And so you really have to be aware of your own, like your own way that you fall into these. Do, am I the kind that gets depressed easily? Do I mull over too much about my failures? If so, then I would weigh, I would have people more develop their life and their reminders around them more about the pleasure than the pain. And then we would also go into forgiving ourselves from the past because if, like you said, you're a, you're a two-time entrepreneur of business. I've, I'm 43. I started my first business when I was 16. I've owned 13 businesses in that time, and nine of them were massive failures to the tune of multi-six-figure <laughs> failures. It's like, I didn't learn until later in my life. So it's, it, I could have been like, oh my gosh, failure after failure. Nine years later, failure, what the hell? But you have to learn from those, like you said. But like I said, now these three actually going on four. We're launching a new business here in two months or in the beginning of the year. These four businesses that I have that are successful are because of all of the failures that I experienced in the past. It was such a treasure chest of knowledge and things that I've learned that I'm not going to do again. 
that's making me not only a great entrepreneur, but also a great business coach and mind coach and sometimes a therapist because a lot of times I act like a therapist with people. But taking the good from the pain and then forgiving yourself is really the point that I'm after. If you find, if someone might find that they're too much into that pain and they're like, oh, I'm always a screw up or I can't do that because every time I tried it in the past, I've effed up. Then you need to start working on forgiveness, forgiving yourself. Because what's happening there are all these negative emotional markers that are that you're constantly reaffirming in your unconscious mind. And that is leading to your self-sabotage and your procrastination. Because when you have an opportunity that comes ahead of you, that is, hey, this is a great opportunity. Everything's really being handed to you. All you got to do is take action. Your, your unconscious is, no, we've been here before. We've effed up and, and we're going to do it again. And so you'll start self-sabotaging. You won't take action. And until you forgive yourself for all those mistakes you've had in the past, you'll constantly be living in that pain. So it's a really complex answer, but it's forgiving yourself and it's being aware of what am I driven more by pleasure, by taking my family, my wife, my spouse, my partner, whatever it is around the world or sitting on the beach or at least two times a year, whatever it is, being able to get things from my child? Or is it the pain that motivates you more and figuring out what, which one of those you can do in a more healthy manner? So it'll lead me to another question and we'll go down the rabbit hole is when people come to us through the nonprofit, they typically are in a financial bind. And one of the things we talk about is the mindset because they're always stressed about the money and they're always worried about where the next dollar is going to come from. And the thing that I like to point out to them is if you continue to live in that mindset or that world, you will not get to that next place in life. You'll, you won't get to a better financial place. You have to fix the problem. You've got to fix the system that you're in and understanding where your dollars and cents are coming from and then where they go. And people, it's amazing how many people think about that and go, wow, that's pretty astute. It's, it's just basics. So that leads me back to that. We're back to pain again, but I want to relate it to money is when we are struggling financially and we're worried about the money, how can we as in, this is entrepreneurship now, how do we actually go through that process? Like you were talking about, you were, had a business that was making 30 or $40,000 a year and you wanted to be a million dollar business. How do we go through that process to get ourselves out of that mindset of limitless or limit on money? but we need to go to limitless and have more of a broad concept or ideas on money will be our best friend, but we'll come in and just trust the actual process. Sorry, long-winded. Yeah. No, it's a great question. And the answer is in short is we have to brainwash ourselves. This is where the deep work comes in because when we are afraid of, we, let's say we're doing good and then we lose a couple clients because of whatever. And then all of a sudden we go into this paranoia of, oh my gosh, and we our heart, the anxiety and that heart starts palpitating. Every entrepreneur knows what we're yes. talking about here. <laughs> when you get into that point and if you can't quickly snap yourself out of it and talk yourself into the positive and be like, whoa, wait a second. If you can't talk to your unconscious mind and be like, calm down, because that's another thing I teach is like our subconscious and our unconscious, and they are two different things, are like dogs. It's like the dog is there and you taught him and he doesn't beg at the table, but one day he just wants to beg. He's getting a little excited and you got a whoa, whoa, or a dog that jumps on you. We have to constantly do that with our subconscious mind, but it all goes back again to awareness. If we're not aware 
that we have a scarcity mindset because if we're afraid of spending money to grow the business because we're afraid that we won't have it, that's a scarcity mindset. If we're afraid, if we're trying to look for the cheapest investments to make our business grow because we don't want to spend all of our money, that's a scarcity mindset. If we're afraid of losing our business, maybe it's a multi-million dollar business. I've talked with people who are very successful that have a scarcity mindset because they wake up every morning in fear that they're going to lose this business. And that even though they're doing really well and they're very financially successful, they still have a scarcity mindset. So the way to overcome that is to do the deep work, is to number one, we have to be aware, like you said, like I always say, it's like alcoholics can't get help until they admit that they're an alcoholic. Mm -hmm. And until we admit, until we be like, are like, okay, I'm the problem and there's some childhood. And this is the thing that's really tough, especially with male entrepreneurs. It's like, there's childhood shit. Hopefully I can mm -hmm. say that word. There's yeah. childhood shit that, that I haven't dealt with and I got to go back into my youth. That's a tough thing to do. But until you do that, you're going to constantly be held back through whether it's scarcity, it could be self-worth, procrastination, fear of loss, fear of success. Fear of success is a really tricky one. I've talked to so many people who are like, I don't have a fear of success. It's a fear of loss. And then when we really dive deep, it's actually a fear of success. And so all of these things start whenever we're a child. I was having a conversation two weeks ago with, with a client and I was like, there's got to be some kind of trauma that happened. And she was like, well, you know what? I had a pretty decent childhood. My parents were this, that, and the other. And then she started talking about things that happened whenever her mom was pregnant and her father was trying to do everything to get her, his wife to abort the child. And because that there was a high risk that she was going to be born with a severe, it was either autism or severe illness. And so he felt it was better that they abort the child and not bring this child into this world. He was born, she turned into be a, a beautiful, healthy child. But what happened is she was saying, she was like, I, she was like, my mom would tell me about my dad would have her jumping up and down all the time, having her all these crazy things. And what's crazy is that her challenges were due to unworthiness. I don't belong here. It was always this word. And I would hear her like, I don't know if I belong here or I deserve this, this kinds of thing. And so my point is that even when we were in the womb and science has proven this, Neuroscience has proven this, that one of the very first things that develops is our subconscious mind, our base programming level. And so from the time we're conceived, three couple of weeks into it, we're already beginning to take on programs about how we're going to be able to operate in this world when we get out in this world. And so the only way that you're ever going to figure that out the only way you're ever going to figure out why you can make so much money and then the next month it's all gone and then you make more money and the next month it's all gone or why you're such a tight ass or why you can't, you always self-sabotage or you always procrastinate. The only way is if you sit down and you go back into your past. For me, I'll share an example was I mentioned I was raised in an extremely religious, what most people call a cult. I was told all the time. Money is the root of all evil. Striving after wealth is the devil's deed. My parents would always tell me money doesn't grow on trees. We should be grateful with 
a roof over our head and a clothes on our back and food on the table. And we shouldn't want anything more. These things, we went to church four times a week. These things were drilled into us as children. And, and also the big one that I didn't realize was that rich people obviously are bad because the only way they got rich was because they were taking advantage of people because there's not enough money in the world and the rich people that have all the money are taking it from the poor. So all of these things were drilled into my head because I was born into this from the time I was in my mother's womb all the way through 13, all the way until the age of 27, until I finally was like, this isn't for me. And I left. And it wasn't until I started to, because that was the biggest thing. And I, I call it a, a, a personality conflict disorder. That's what I've termed it because our conscious mind, we could wake up every morning and one of the biggest pushbacks I hear from everybody is that, what? yeah, but no, I am confident. Or no, I do like money. Are you kidding that? I do like money. I want money. No, I do want to be rich. I do want to be wealthy. So that's not it. And I'm like, yeah, but that's your conscious mind. And what I'm saying is, does your, does your subconscious mind and your unconscious mind know this? Are they on board? Because our subconscious and our unconscious minds run 95% of our daily activities, thoughts, emotions, actions, reactions, and all, all of the thoughts that come into our mind, which range from anywhere to 12,000 to 64,000 thoughts every day. But only 5% of our day is consciously driven, meaning that we're aware, we're analyzing, and we're making a decision made consciously. 95% of that is all automatic. And so if we don't do the work, so this is all going back to your scarcity mindset and how to get past this. If we don't do the work, the deep unconscious and subconscious work to identify the things that are holding us back, spending a little time going back into our childhood. And for some people that is painful because maybe it was a very abusive childhood. For some people, maybe they had an okay childhood and they're like, actually, my parents were cool. We were middle of the road or whatever. Yeah. But what happened? Was there a time whenever you really wanted that. It was like your fifth birthday or something. And you really wanted that toy. And your mom kept telling you, no, you can't have that because in her mind, they couldn't afford it. And so all you remember is I can't have that. Right. And so now that is part of your programming. And so your, 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 your subconscious mind now, like at 40, 50, 60 years old, 30 years old, is I can't have that. But your conscious mind is I want that. We know who's going to win in that battle is your subconscious mind. Self-sabotage comes in a ton of, of ways. I've literally had a client for a year and a half now where he, his body will literally get sick. He'll, if there's something he doesn't, he's afraid of doing or his unconscious mind is like, whoa, I don't know if we're going to do that. He will wake up the next morning with a fever, a neck ache, sickness, puking. Wow. Like our body, we have to understand that our subconscious mind and our unconscious mind controls everything our heartbeat, our blood pressure, our bowel system. It controls our fight or flight mechanism. So what's happening to most people these days, I'm gonna, I'll wrap this up here so we can move on to something else. <laughs> what's happening to most people these days is that they are so unaware, again, going back to the importance of awareness, of what's going on in their body, that they have no idea that there is this secret person within them that is holding them back, that's giving them headaches when it comes to that meeting so they don't go to the meeting, 
that's making that's distracting them with other things uh, to do this decision instead of take advantage of that opportunity. They have no idea that it's happening. And so when you have a, co a conscious conversation with them, they're like, no, that's not it. It's got to be something else. I know that was a huge vomit there for your listeners, but. No, no, but that's really cool is because we struggle with this on a daily basis in life across the board. And we never want to admit it. And you just walk through that whole process of how to actually start it. I take it another step and I don't want to say further, but it's not always the childhood. It's also, and this is just me because this is the financial side of me, what we learn in school. We're taught oh, yeah. in school that we have to be, we show up at this time, we go to break at this time, we go to lunch at this time, and we go home at that time. But during that time, we're not given the tools or taught about tools to be financially success or successful, excuse me. But then when we actually get out in the real world and you're 43, I'm pushing 50, back then us old geezers. There's checkbooks and people, you know, would never balance a checkbook and wonder why they were broke. And to this day, I still don't balance a checkbook, but I know what's in my bank account, what goes in and goes out. But I'm always aware of what I'm dealing with and understanding the plus and minuses of life. And, and when it comes to financial literacy, some people don't get those options. Just it's passed over and not shared to them in their household, with their family or friends or whatever. And they're now in their 30s. And they're wondering why they're consistently broke and they can't get a better job. They can't get ahead in life and they just don't have the tools. But once you realize you don't have the tools, like you said, you have to go back to the past and work through that. But those tools are critical in life. And that'll get me to the next piece is what tools do we, what tools can we utilize in life to be successful? And I'm not just talking about entrepreneurship or financial literacy or anything that extent. How about just life in general to be happy, healthy, have a great marriage or a relationship, great relationship with your kids, everything to that extent. What tools can we use in better ourselves to have a better life? Yeah, great question. And I want to add something to what you were saying before, because I don't want to let the audience off the hook that easy, because it is always our childhood. Because the crazy thing about our subconscious mind is that when we're sleeping, when we're kids, we're constantly pulling in everything because up until the time we're age 12, our brain operates in an alpha or theta frequency. And so what that means is that our subconscious mind is learning. Everything that happens in its environment is learning. But to your point, you're 100% right, is that our base programming is designed up until that point. But then now when we're in school, college, in the workplace, our environment, this crazy world that we're, we live in, is designed to reinforce scarcity, is designed to reinforce you do what I tell you to do, don't think for yourself, is designed to say, let the government take care of you because we know what's right and you don't know, you know how to do proper investments, so you need to let somebody else do that. And don't let me get started on commercialism. Sub, uh, subliminal messages, programming, it happens today in commercials, in commercials, commercialism, print, audio, video advertising. And it was even more prevalent because it wasn't even regulated back when we were all kids. So the whole thing together, it's almost like we're born into this world. It's like it's, it's a losing battle. So now as adults, we have to look at that and use the tools, which I'm going to get into now 
to help us to become this better person and reprogram ourselves. And so the tools, here's the thing. If we want to live a better life, we have to, number one, be aware that we are not happy with the life that we currently have. And so I tell someone, I always tell people, I said, sit where you're at. You're driving down the road. Look around you. Look at your car. Look at your spouse, your partner, your wife, your kids. Look at your bank account. Look at your job. Look at your business. Are you 100% happy across the board with everything and every aspect of your life? Look in the mirror. Look at your body. If you are not happy with every aspect in your life, the only person you have to blame is you. This is really hard for people to grasp. This was hard for me. This is why it took me almost 10 years and a mental breakdown for me to finally get it. Once you do that, if you can just sit back and be like, okay, I really want to live that life of my dreams. I really want to. So if that means doing some hard work, I'm going to humble up and I'm going to do the hard work. The great thing about it is you only have to humble up to yourself. It's not like you got to humble up to your spouse or your priest or your boss or whatever it is. But when you sit there and take a full accounting of your whole life, what areas of your life, and I would, I always tell people to write this down. This is some of the homework I always give people I work with. Write down the areas of your life, your health, your wealth, your love, your relationships, your, your confidence, right? Your business. In those areas, rate yourself on a scale of one to 10. And if you're not close to a 10 on all of those, choose the one that is, has the lowest score and we're going to start there. And so the tools that I always help people implement is repetition. See, we only learn things through repetition. And some people are like, oh, those positive affirmations or whatever. The truth of the matter is that positive affirmations and constantly reminding ourselves is the only way that we learn. The problem is that most affirmations that you'll find on the internet are phrased incorrectly because our subconscious mind only lives in the now and the present. Our mind, our subconscious mind, our unconscious mind has no concept of future and or past. And this is where you could get really deep because they're like, well, if it has no concept of past, then why am I always remembering my past? Because your subconscious mind is living your life now just as if you were that 13-year-old boy and you walked out of the PE basketball floor and your pants fell down and everybody was pointing and laughing at you, right? That's where your problem with self-confidence comes from because you're living your life right today as if that is still happening. So once we understand that our subconscious mind does not recognize future, it can't live in the future, it can't live in the past, it is always now, then we have to then understand how we learn. And the way that we learn is by making statements that are in the now, not in the future, because through repetition of writing down these positive affirmations, reading them every single morning when you wake up and every single night before you go to bed, and there's a scientific reason why those are the two times of the day that you want to do it, and it has to do with your brainwave frequencies. But to save time, I'm not going to go into that right now. But write down your affirmations in the this way. I have, I am. I can. A lot of people, I will, right? Like, I will make a million dollars. And so your subconscious mind is, okay, we will, but not today. And so everything has to be written in a way to where you believe it. And so then I always get the pushback or the question is, wait a second, I've tried this before. And whenever I read them, I don't believe them. And so how do I get over that? The way is I am creating. 
a better life for myself. I am building a healthier lifestyle. I am strengthening, right? And so there's these words that you can add in there that denote action, things that you are doing, right? So if you're constantly telling yourself, I have a million dollars, I have a million dollars, some people can program themselves that way. But if you say, I am creating a lifestyle where I have a million dollars in my bank, then you can agree with that. You can get on board with that. And that's very important that you get on board with your affirmations because if you can't consciously, then you're going to be blocking them and they're not going to be getting down to your subconscious. And or you could then do subconscious. That's where NLP and hypnosis comes in, subliminal messaging. You can also do those things, which I do every single night of my life. So the tools to help is number one, writing down every aspect of your life. What, what areas would you like to improve? Be honest, be real with yourself because you're not going to get anywhere until you just rip yourself apart and say, I got to do this to build a better me. So that's number one. Number two, pick one area per 21 to 66 days. So that's the range. Everybody is programmed differently. Some things are not that deeply ingrained. We're 21, 25 days. We can reprogram. Some things did happen when we were just years old. And that's going to hold 66 days to reprogram. And write down affirmations that are positive, that your conscious and your subconscious mind can support. I say write down 10 to 15 of them. Wake up every single morning when your brain is in the low theta or high theta, low alpha. Read them to yourself. Repeat them to yourself three, four, five, ten times. Same thing when you go to bed. And then keep a journal. I always call it like an awareness journal. At the end, at the in the morning, write down what do I want to do today? Okay, this is what I want to do. This is what I'm gonna do. And then at the end of the day, hold yourself accountable. Did I do this? Was I successful? How can I do better? And it's I know that they sound very basic. They're very powerful. And if you can stick to that and you can do those every day, you'll find yourself being a better husband, a better dad, a better wife, a better business owner, better mom, dad, whatever it is. And if you want to take it to the next level, and I'll share this with your listeners, there's an app in both app stores, Apple and an Android, where it's called a looper app. So you can record into it and then you can tell it to repeat whatever it is that you've spoken into it, however many times you want. And so back before I started learning how to create subliminal messages and all these things, I would take my affirmations and I would repeat them and I'd record them into this and I would tell it to repeat 60 times. And whenever I would go to bed, I would press play and I'd put the volume down just where I could hear it, barely hear it, but not where it was disturbing my sleep. And I'd put it right next to my bedside and I would go to sleep. And because when we are sleeping and just before we go to bed is the number one prime neurological state that that the best neurological state we can be in for reprogramming your subconscious mind and so you can do that and help program and what i call unbrainwash and rebrainwash yourself <laughs> what was the name of the app again on apple i think believe it's called looper um but essentially it's a repeating app it's a looping app and it'll uh, play in a loop the things that is uh, recorded. Actually, for all of our Apple people, I'll like pull my phone off larger here. I'll actually look it up, and I think it's called Audio Looper. So, see, Audio Loop. Yep, Audio Looper, Audio Repeat. So, is that on Android also? 
Yes. Yep. yep. You can, it might not be the same app. This one's called Music Looper, Audio Looper Plus. And so if you just do Looper or Audio Repeat and you can find one, you want to find one that allows you to record in it and you can record yourself and then upload your, your own. And then this is also really important too, because that's what we benefit from auto suggestion better than hetero suggestion. So if it's our voice telling us these things, we'll receive it a lot more than if it's somebody else's voice that will, when we're completely asleep and unconscious, there's not a huge difference, but when we're in these twilight times of our brain, we benefit more powerfully from auto suggestion. I'll definitely have to check that out. That's pretty cool. So we're going to wrap this up. We're coming up on time. So Matt, how can everyone get a hold of you? Yeah. Easiest way to get a hold of me is go to my Instagram, the mattaponte.com, A-P-O-N-T-E, or just go to check my website and send me a message through there. And that is mattaponte.com. And then I will make sure we put those links in the show notes so everyone can get a hold of you. Very enlightening. You have some great information to share. Really cool stuff. I am going to put in that looper audio and I'll find that and I'll put in the show notes too. I think that's really cool. And it's just amazing how we're wired and you brought that all out. And guys, you're listening, replay this podcast and I'm not trying to just punch it up. Matt was sharing some really cool information that we don't talk about a lot and we need help with. I too will need help and I have my affirmations. I have my goals. I am on my board over there. I'm going to try this looper app and see what I can do because ultimately what's it going to do? It's only going to improve myself and make me get better as a person, a human being, entrepreneur, whatever, but it doesn't hurt to try because it gets us in a better place. Absolutely. A hundred percent. And just to dovetail off of that, every, like you said, whatever, every aspect of our life, our body, we can improve by rewiring our subconscious mind to believe that it is. And once that gets on board, then our neurology, our metabolism, our health, everything starts to reprogram in that way. And so for those who are really deep thinkers, you could probably go down a rabbit hole with that and be aware of some of the crazy things and amazing things that you can do through these modalities. Cool, Matt, thank you for your time. Thank you for the great conversation and also for sharing all the knowledge. It's invaluable, I know for the listeners, but also for me, I learned a lot and I'm gonna take some steps to better myself and really get into the old subconscious and get my act together even more. <laughs> Absolutely. Thanks so much, Ryan, for having me on the show. It's been a pleasure and uh, I hope I didn't rattle off too much. Oh no. Great information. Thank you, sir. All right. You're welcome.